right, well, greetings and God bless you, everybody, uh, and welcome to another episode of Reset Forever Ministries podcast. This is Dr. Valerie Simpson. And I'm Elder Daniel Simpson. And we appreciate you joining us. We're going to go into this uh, Sunday's lesson, which just happens to be the Christmas, the weekend that we celebrate Christmas understanding that we don't know the exact date that's not the issue but we have set aside a date and a time a time every year that we commemorate the birth of christ and uh, this week we're going to be talking about a humble lord is born we want to focus on that so this is for sunday december 26 2021 and that's a lesson number four we're going to be in the book of philippians chapter number two and we're going to be verses, um, we will be studying verses 5 through 11. And the book of St. John, chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. So if you will, text somebody, contact somebody, or share this with somebody. Make sure you post it so that others have opportunity to hear the lesson. All right, with that, I'm going to go ahead and give the... Uh, uh, lesson over into the hands of our instructor for today, Elder Daniel Simpson. All right, Elder, God bless you. So praise the Lord, everybody. We want to thank God for this opportunity. We'd like to start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for this opportunity to stand in this place and to gleam into your rich word. We ask that you give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, uh, insight into this great plan of salvation that it may edify us and build us up and give us strength to continue this journey as we sojourn in this earth on our way to heaven, which is our promised land promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, yes. So a humble Lord is born. Mm -hmm. And this is one of Paul's letters, the Philippian letter. Right. That he's writing. Was this prison epistle? Yes. And we in Philippians chapter two. Mm-hmm. And we start up with verse five. Okay, we're gonna go straight into the lesson. Yes. Alright. It said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay. So Dr. Simpson, let's look at this word mind. Okay. And it's a very interesting word. We all have one and we all um, have to understand the capacity of our mind. But I looked it up in my Bible dictionary. It says the mind is the ability to reason, understand, and have thought. That is what the mind is. Okay. So I guess we need to look at some of the thoughts of Jesus concerning his um Yes. In his life. Okay. So let's look. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna go to Genesis chapter six, and we're gonna see how the mind, what God said about the mind um, after His creation. So it says in Genesis chapter six, verse five, it said, "And that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continuously." Mm-hmm. So. What God is saying during creation time was when he created man and he became corrupt and evil. Right. Continuously. And that's because the heart, and so that confirms what Jeremiah says later, mm-hmm. that the heart is deceitful above all things 
and desperately wicked. Yes. So the nature of man is just his from his heart, the root of his being, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Uh, but out of the heart are the issues of life, the yes. things that you're doing. So we're finding out that God is saying he's evil mm-hmm. and desperately wicked. Yes. The mind is blinded by lust, is corrupted by money, mm-hmm. and reprobated by fame. Okay, true. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So Jesus said like this in the gospel, St. Matthew's chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus said unto the multitude when he was teaching, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, mm-hmm. with all of thy soul, mm-hmm. and with all of thy Mind. Okay, so mm-hmm. he's saying that we have to be totally given over. You know, that means that we have to stop feeling that we have the right or the liberty to make decisions based on our own understanding, yes. our own intellect. When the Bible says, you know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Really, because our understanding will come up short. Yes. It will take us down very bad paths. And sometimes unforgivable and lead to, you know, something that we can't get out of. So we are encouraged, you know, so many times in so many ways. Yes. Not to trust your own decisions, but to be led by God. Yes, and in Ephesians, Paul helps us out again. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this in verse 23 and 24. Say, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Right. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness, righteousness and, true, and holiness. true holiness. Neither give place to the devil. Okay. So he's, everything he's saying there is, you know, you're... If you do it like that, if you go that way, if you trust in yourself, it's a setup. You've given place to the devil. That's exactly what he wants. Now, he may not be able to lure us out to a lot of things, but if he can set you up to feel like it's harmless to make decisions and to do things, because you can be doing it out of your will, you can be doing it out of your emotion, you can be doing it out of vengeance and not even know it, you know, out of prejudice, and that's not just racial. You know, you may like or dislike someone and make a decision based on that. So don't do it that way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yes, and the key thing is, it's the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the spirit of your mind. We have mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit now, which Jesus said in the gospel, it was going to be a comforter and it was going to help you. It's a yeah. helper. Yeah. So with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Our mind should be renewed. And like he said here, created in righteousness and true holiness. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you think about it, if you go back to St. Luke, I think it's 4.18, before Jesus, when he begins his ministry, before he goes out to do anything, after all those years that he sat in silence where we didn't know what was going on, the first thing we hear him say the age of 30 is the spirit of the Lord God is upon me Yes, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised 
and to, you know, set the captives free, etc. And uh, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. But that tells me he only moved in the spirit. He was led in the spirit. Mm-hmm. I gotta say one thing that's key. In the book of Romans, chapter number eight, the or um, well, in the scripture, I can't think of exactly where it's at, but it said he did not take upon himself. I don't know if that's the nature of angels, but he came and took upon himself the same likeness of sinful flesh as we live in, right? So that means that he didn't have a special body that could not be moved by the things of this world. Because if if he could, if he if he had a different kind of body, then when Satan came to tempt him in the wilderness, it wouldn't have been a temptation. Lust of the flesh, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Lust of the eyes, you know, all of these things belong to me, I can give them to you. And the and the pride of life, and you know, even the lust of the flesh to the point where he said, turn, make these stones be made bread. So he came, he had to be in the same flesh and blood that desires worldly things as us. Can I give you a couple of scriptures? Sure. In his mind, he says this, um... I came to do the will of him that sent me. These just came to mind. That was his mindset. And this is the mind that we're to have. I came to do the will of him that sent me. What else? I must work the works of him. That I must work while it is day. Because the night comes when no man can work. Um, I do nothing of myself. I do what I see the Father do. All I'm seeing from Jesus is moving in the Spirit and being totally submissive to the will of God and not his own will. So that's the mind that we should have. That is the mind. He set the example. That's the model. Mm -hmm. That's the mind we should have. Okay, so verse Mm 6. Who, being in the form of God, Mm -hmm. thought it not robbery to To be be equal equal with God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another translation says like this. Okay. Though he was God, he did not demand or cling to his right as God. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, why? Mm-hmm. And I came up with St. John chapter 18, verse 36. And this is what Jesus said. He said, my kingdom is not of this world, mm-hmm. nor does it have its origin in this world. So like you said, Dr. Simpson, he came on a mission and that was to be a sacrifice for uh, to shed his blood for our sins so he could redeem us with that shed blood absolutely and then you know that one part there's a lot of controversy um, being in the form of God found it not robbery to be equal with God so the scripture tells us in Hebrews that he is, Jesus, is the express image of the invisible God. Image. He is the visible, um, uh, not, uh, I'm not going to say incarnation, but I'm going to say that he is the express. Everything that you see in Jesus as far as his healing 
his kindness, his mercy, his grace, his temperance, his patience, his his even his his infuriation against them selling in the temple. This, these were express ex- expressions from the heart and from the will of the invisible God. So being found in the form of God, he humbled himself, found in that robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. I know there was a lot in that, but what can I say? The scriptures are loaded. Yes. They're loaded. So verse 7 of the lesson says, but made of himself of no reputation. Mm-hmm. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Made in the likeness of man. So that, now how far do we take that? Well, we can go to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 through 18 and that explains even more so. You go ahead and read it so we can take it. So I'm in Hebrews chapter 2 verse Mm -hmm. 14. For as much then, Mm -hmm. as the children are partaker of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Okay. That is, see, you need to read that again. And go ahead and quote to where you found that for your audience because they do need to write that down. It's Hebrews chapter 2. Okay. Verse 14 mm-hmm. through 18. So verse 14 reads again, For as much... Oh, I'm sorry. For as much then as the children are partaker of flesh and blood. That's talking about those whom he would redeem. Mm-hmm. The children are partakers of flesh and blood. That's us. Yes. And those that would be... We are flesh and blood. Okay. He also himself likewise took part of the same. Mm-hmm. Flesh he and blood. The same flesh and... Do not tell me that he came in some other kind of special material or some other formulation. That ain't what the scripture says. That's, that's what people say. I understand. But, yeah, but that's not what the scripture says. Go ahead. That through death, because we die, so he would die, he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is, and it's going to tell you, the devil. That is the devil. So he had to get power from the devil. Why? Because he had to do a work. Now, that's where we can go to the book of Romans. Okay, let's finish 15. Okay, okay. okay. Verse uh, 15. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Okay. For verily, he took not on him the Mm -hmm. nature of angels. There you go. To defeat the to defeat the devil. Yep. But he took on the seed of Abraham. Mm-hmm. That covenant that God had with Abraham. And not only that, this with the seed of Abraham, Abraham was human yes. and a man of like passion, just like we are. Yes. Okay. But with the covenant of Abraham, which means he had a legal right yeah, to the, come. Uh, not the covenant, but the hum, the human the humanity, right? Yes. But the covenant, go ahead. Because the covenant gave him a legal, <coughs> a legal binding right mm-hmm. to do what it. <coughs> you need some water. What he was going to do? I'll go get it here. here. <coughs> yeah. 
so so there is a covenant that we see in place that could give us some com- some understanding there. You go ahead with that okay. again. You can read that. Which is going to verse Wherefore, in all things, it behoove him to be made to be made like unto his brother. Hello, it was a good thing. Now that's what it behooved. It was necessary. It was a good thing. It was head turning. It was life changing. It was necessary for him to be made like us. That mm-hmm. he might be a merciful, oh my God, and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So, so in, you know, have you ever done anything or, or seen anybody do anything and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. How saved are they? You know, you have to be pretty carnal to do something like that. And then you do something. God allows you to see yourself in something that's equally as offensive to him. Yes. Well, you become more compassionate. <laughs> And less judgmental. Now, Jesus was, there was no guile found in him at all. He was totally sinless. Yes. But he had to be. Because if he didn't do that, then he couldn't have been a perfect sacrifice. So, but he still had to understand how desperate a person can be in so much what all happened. He came to his own, his own received him not. He was abandoned. He was abused. He was wounded. He was, he, he had, the, the birds had nests and the foxes had home. He had nowhere to lay his head. So many things, you know, he had to go through that so he could be merciful when we come to him with the same prayer. I wanted to read Romans before you go further. Is that okay? Because it's right at that point. So Romans in chapter 8. So Romans chapter 8 and verse number 4. Um, actually, verse number 3 um, says, it talks about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in verse number 2. Um which has set us free from the law of sin and death. But what I wanted to read was, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak to the flesh, you got an ordinance, you're supposed to carry this out, be obedient to this, but you don't have enough power to resist sin. Because, you know, all you have is the commandment. And that was the law. So that's why God gave them the doves and the turtle doves and the calves to bring that blood, right? Yes. But he says that the because this because that the law in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh mm-hmm. and for sin. So he, I'm gonna do something about this sin. And for sin, I am going to condemn sin in the flesh. So how else, my question is, how else would he have been able to condemn sin in the flesh if he had not come with the same temptation, being able to be tempted and being able to experience it and yet without sin, he wouldn't have been able to condemn it. So that argument is dead and nailed to the cross. So verse eight said, for and you're in back in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, two and verse eight. 18. Okay, 18. 
For in that he himself mm-hmm. suffered through temptation. Yes. Like you just said in Romans. Yeah. He is able to help them that are tempted. And I think it, the word in King James is secure. Yes, it's secure, which means to aid or to yes, help. Yes, I'm able to come to your aid. I can come to you with compassion. Not apathy, not condemnation, but I can come to you with compassion and empathy. And I can come to you with power. Yes. I feel it. I understand. My understanding is infinite. And I know exactly how to help you. As a matter of fact, I've condemned sin in the flesh, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and I have the ability to deliver. Yes. And and that word, succumb, or to help, which means... Secure. Secure. When he comes to help, he comes to help you with all power that's in heaven. All power. He He doesn't hold back. Yes. He's not coming as a weak high priest. No. And who can't help you. Yeah. I I have to say that. I have to say you're right. He can heal. He can deliver. He can cast some devils out. And not only that, after he's done all that, he's able to give you, see, grace upon grace, he is able to put power into you. That's why we're in the age of grace now, where he has put power in us. That is the Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost yes. to resist and to fight back and to deny, even to be, you know, the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Yes. So even when those things come as indicators, this is a wrong path. This is a bad thought. This is not a good decision. He's not able, not only able to cast those things far from us, but he's able to give us power that supersedes all of those other powers. Yes. All right. So verse 8 of the lesson. Okay, so now we're in 8. And being and be, found... And being found... In the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So that word humbled in this verse means this, Dr. Simpson. He became low. Obedient yeah. mean, means he became attentive and he listened mm-hmm. to what his assignment was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. And even the death of the cross, which I wrote a verse scripture down in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8 through 18. All those verses. Well, let me say this before you read all those verses. So being found in the likeness of man and humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, meaning he gave into it. He surrendered to it. He yielded himself to it. I'm not going to protest. I'm going to give. If it's possible, let the cup pass. Yes. But if it's not, let your will be done. So he surrendered himself to the task because it was the remedy for sin. All right. Also, Dr. Simpson, I'm, I want to interject this. And this is good. This is kind of, I was thinking about this. You know, when Lazarus, Lazarus died yeah. and he went into the grave for, eight, for those four days. Lazarus. Lazarus, yeah. Lazarus, I'm not pronouncing mm-hmm. another name. So when he died mm-hmm. and he went into the lower parts. Well, Lazarus died and he went into the grave. So I guess, you know, he no. was on that right side of the gulf. Yes. Because so his, his soul was already departed, right? So I'm, you're saying where he went to. Yes. So he went to he went to Abraham's bosom. He went into Abraham's bosom, right. And I'm quite sure he for those four days he was there mm-hmm. that he told him about Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk there. We read yes. about that. We've been we've been talking about that and reading about it. Wherever they're at together, they are alert, and they are conversing, and they are fellowshipping. And I'm quite sure, except La- for the ones on the other side of the golf. Yes, and I'm quite sure Lazarus told them 
while he was down there those four mm-hmm. days, what Jesus was doing. Messiah up there, is on, on his, his mission. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in a few days, y'all easy. getting up out of here. Yeah, hey, that sounds like a good message for Lazarus to preach. Yeah, I mean, poor so, Lazarus laid at the at the gate of the rich man, and and now he's in. I'm talking about Lazarus, Mary Martha. Oh, Mary Martha. Okay, um, so probably. Lazarus is is dead, yeah. and he's laying there. Uh, um, you know, his body is laying there, in but the his soul. Yes. His his soul, not his, his is down there. Right. Yes. Right. Right. And talking to all the Old Testament saints. Yes, I've seen him. I beheld him. Can you imagine preaching a revival (laughs) down there and they are ready Mm -hmm. to get up out of there and then a week later Christ dies. And you know, I want to say it's necessary to look at these things because we only look at what happens on this side of the... Mm -hmm. You know, we look at what happens in this... You know, this, this material world. But there's a whole spiritual world and so much is going on. So when those angels came to minister unto Christ and strengthen him while he was in the garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. I'm quite sure they must have told him, Lazarus still not already went down and told him he's going to come get him up out of here. Mm-hmm. And other ones. And then last week we talked about Simeon. Simeon said, let your, your servant depart in peace. For I have seen the consolation of Israel. Yeah. And I'm quite sure when, Sim- when Simeon passed away, he it's went down there and told him, I held, him. I held for the, my the Messiah. I embraced him. My eyes have seen him. And I said, Lord, because my request, he could say my request was, I don't want to, let me see him before I leave. And guess what? I held him. I saw him. I held him. And then God granted my petition and let me Can you imagine Abraham and Noah and all the Old Testament saints that's in that gulf just listen attentive? The Messiah has come. You've seen the baby, mm-hmm. Jesus. And then, and then 33 years later, Lazarus come down there on a mission and told them all the wonderful works that he has done. Yeah, he's done great things. He's been to our house. He's very close with our family. Broken bread. Yeah, we, we break in, we've had breaking of bread together. And uh, then I died. And yeah, and here I am. But guess what? Yeah. He's here. My and sister anointed him with oil, anointed his head. I'm sure there was some exciting excitement there. Yes. Excitement. He's, he's been anointed for his death. He's and a week later, they're going to see him themselves. Yeah, because he's going to go and preach to him. Preach to them spirits for three three days. This is good. And he's going to lead captivity captive. So he was he became Dr. Simpson, obedient unto death. Unto death. It was a necessary. It was the way to go. It was God's prescribed mm. um, route for deliverance. Uh, verse number nine. Oh, I, I had a verse in, in Hebrews chapter two and verse eight. I want okay. to read. Okay. It says. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8 through verse 13. I'll read it right quick. Thou hast put all things in subject under his feet. Subjection. Yes. Subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. So everything is subject to him. There's nothing at all, period, that is not subject to him. But now we see not yet all things put up under him. Mm Mm-hmm. Verse Mm 9. But we see Jesus, Mm -hmm. who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. We know why he had to die to go to the underworld and bring those. Yeah, to get subjection. Yes, and get that power of death, hell, and the grave. Crowned with glory, honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Once and for all. 
And that is that sting of death that had to occur, that eternal death. He tasted it for all so that nobody had to be lost from that day forward. They didn't have to. Yes. Yeah, but they made some choices. Verse 10. For it became him for whom all things and by whom all things in bringing many sons unto glory. Now that's the New Living Translation. Is it the who? It's King James. Okay. It became him? King James. Yes. Okay. Hebrews. Okay. Two and ten. Two and ten. Okay, I didn't turn there, so I wasn't following. I was looking. Okay, go right ahead. This is part of his obedience that he would bring many sons to glory. Mm-hmm. To make the captain of their salvation, salvation. perfect through suffering. Yeah. This is part of his obedience. For both he that sanctifieth and he they who sanctified. are sanctified are all one. Mm-hmm. For this cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. And and that word perfect through uh, suffering means that there was a completion. Yes. Um, through his suffering. Without suffering, we can't be complete. Yes. Be- because some things are going to remain and some things are going to be undone. Yes. So, and then he said, not on both them, um, both he and them that are sanctified. So it's his way of being made perfect. It's our way of being yes. made perfect. And we know we got to be sanctified, which means that we set apart yeah. for some glory that we're going to get once we get up And through suffering, through mm-hmm. suffering, that's yeah. the key. Mm-hmm. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren mm-hmm. in the midst of the church which I sing praise unto thee. Mm-hmm. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me. This was part of his obedience, mm-hmm. his humble unto death, and we've seen what his death brought, Dr. Simpson. Many sons, he's bringing them oh, to glory. glory. Yes, mm-hmm. and he is the captain of our salvation. Amen. I'm feeling this thing. I think we can tell. <laughs> so that that is um, verse eight. We're bringing verse... many of them unto unto salvation. So that was eight, even to the death of the cross. And then nine says, "Wherefore God also, you know, for that purpose, and He rewards." So it just goes to show you the rewards yes. come. Um, wherefore God also, also highly exalted Him and has given Him a name that is above every name. And He yes. did what nobody else could do. We can go to we can go to the book of Revelations and see that you know nobody was worthy yeah. to open the, the book, to open the seals, not even to look on it. So he's been able to do things that no no one could do even while he was in this earth, even before he ascended. And still there are things that have to be done yeah. that only he will do. Highly and, exalted. Highly I, exalted. Isaiah in fifty two and thirteen, and mm-hmm. I'll read it right quick. He said, mm-hmm. "Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. Mm-hmm. He shall be exalted." Okay. And exalted and be very high. Okay. And we know you're talking none other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right. And we just read the reason why God is going to highly exalt him. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine when Christ came out of the grave? He came out with all power and all authority. Mm-hmm. I am he that was dead. And behold, I'm alive. And have the, the keys of death and hell and the grave. Yeah. studying that now revelation yeah. because when Satan deceived Adam and Eve he took that authority that God gave him over the earth realm mm-hmm. when Christ died he defeated Satan in the underworld and got that 
authority back. Yeah, because sin reigned, you know, from Adam was Adam to Moses. Yeah, death reigned. Mm-hmm. Death reigned um, from Adam to Moses. So um, it was just a free fall, and so much was just going on, and it was getting more and more abominable and wicked. And we could see where they were like, forget it. We, we, they believed in heaven, but they were going to get there without God. It was just, you know, totally um, disconnected from the true and living God. Yeah. So, all right, so verse number 10. Ten. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So, the things that are to come that are in heaven and the things in the earth that he has done and that he has left in place and things under the earth. Um, I know that it was the underworld, you know, there, there's a bowing. I, as a hospice chaplain, have to tell you, I've seen at the moment of death where people actually were able to see into the spiritual realm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, some were trembling. They were in a coma, woke up trembling at what they saw. Some woke up to joy and were looking as if, and I am so amazed. It's just a, it's just so much to learn. I just, until you've uh, given your heart to wanting to know, you'll, you'll probably judge it and scoff at it, but... I'm so glad God gives us curiosity. Yes. Comfort and thirst. So Ephesians 1 and 20, and I'll read it, Dr. Simpson. Of course. (laughs) Smart aleck. You read read everything. Go ahead. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. 1 and 20. Okay. And set him at his own right hand in in the heavenly places. This is, this is God giving him a name which is above every name. Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. Mm-hmm. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Okay. And has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church. Highly exalted him. Yep. So, and that is, you know, that one, right? That, you know, goes without argument. He's over it. Yes. The church, he's over it. It's not people. I mean, you know, I've seen some run the church as if, you know, they are the authoritarian or it's a totalitarianism or like a Hitler. That's, that's uh, ungodly. That's demonic. When you're running it like it's a, you're a, like you're a Hitler, and people have to do what you say do, at terror, you know, and fear. That right there nails it. Read it one more time, if you will, just that last part. And has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church. Him, he's the head. He, that means the head sends the commandments. The head is the one that's in charge. And that is above all human flesh and intellect. It's all the way up to Jesus. Yes. Amen. He is Lord. He is Lord. Verse number 11. Verse 10. You still on 10? 10 and 11. You got to read those together. 
Okay. That at, that at the name of Jesus, because we read that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And that every knee and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I want you to go to Isaiah, Dr. Simpson. What chapter? 45. And what verse? Verse 22. Isaiah 40, 45? Yeah, chapter 45. Okay, and 22. 44 is a good chapter. Okay, 22. Verse 22 to 24. It says, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. That's one confession. Mm-hmm. Even to him shall men come, and all that are in, in all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. That's another confession. Well, that second one, if you are against him, you're going to be you're going to be made ashamed. Yes. Yeah, so, you're going to be humiliated. So when he said, when, it's not going to work. When, when Paul is right here that mm-hmm. that every knee shall bow and every tongue that mm-hmm. confess, mm-hmm. God has already sworn that in prophecy through mm-hmm. Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And it tells you what kind of confession they're going to have. We who are righteous, we're going to confess this. In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Mm-hmm. In the Lord have I in righteousness. In the Lord. This is what the righteous are going to say. But the unrighteous, they're also going to swear. They're going to confess too. Unto and and that every knee shall bow and surely yeah and mm-hmm. that in those that are incensed against him are going to be ashamed is what he's saying. And that's and if that, they're against him, they're going to be made and, ashamed. And we know the underworld and and those who are who it's a whole thing. Everybody's going to confess, and they will have something to confess. Mm-hmm. Those who let the devil use them, they those have something agents to, of hell, you will have. You're gonna, gonna be ashamed. They're gonna confess, and their shame means means I look shame up. It means to be put ashamed or to mm-hmm. be disappointed. Okay, so they're gonna be disappointed, and it's gonna be a very you know by after their confession. A, yes, it's gonna be a great. Um, is it Malachi? Great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's gonna be dreadful for them. So in verse 25, were you reading that one? No, we're back in the same class. Okay, so now we're in verse number 13. We're in John. John, in John chapter 13, verse 12. Yes. Okay. Read. So after he had washed their hands, if he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and had set them uh, down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, well, for okay. I am so. Yes, so Master means this, Dr. Simpson. It means teacher, mm-hmm. who teaches concerning the things of God out of the law of yeah. Moses, the prophet, the Psalms, and the duty of man for salvation. So it's what they called them, Rabbi, too. So Rabbi, Master, you know, they were giving them that recognition as a teacher. Um, and even when you see some of the customs, they walk not alongside them, but they walk behind them. And um, they're led and they're taught and they learn how to emulate what the master does and says. 
So they position themselves for learning. Verse number 14. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And I like this word Lord here, Dr. Simpson. Mm -hmm. Because Lord means this. It speaks of God, unlimited power and authority. Mm -hmm. But yet he humbled himself to wash their feet. And they know Jesus had power because all the miracles and signs and wonders and casting out demons and devils. So they knew that God had given him the power to do these things. Mm -hmm. Even the Pharisees said, Lord, we know you sent from God because no man can do these signs mm -hmm. except God be with him. Yeah, even Nicodemus. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then it says in 15, for I have given you an example. See how he sets a model? He's mm -hmm. given us a model for everything. Yes. So I, I, I declare to anyone listening, if you're coming up together, sitting together, putting your minds together, your finite minds together, to come up with strategies and ideas on how to run the church, you're out of order. Because he has put here an example. So he says, in this case, we're saying for, he says, you see, I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he has sent him. I think about the scripture in Job. Can a man be more righteous than his maker? Can you come up with a better idea or a better way? Can you do it any better? Or are you going to add anything to it? then your maker has already set in order. It's out of order. It grieves me. I Maybe because I'm seeing so much, you know, in these evil days. Well, that word verily, verily means sure, truly, 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 or... Absolutely. Yeah, and I looked it up and it, it says, uh, uh, it means I tell the truth. It is a Greek word where we get a man from. Mm -hmm. And we know what a man be. So be so it as thou hast spoken. So be it. And this is what Jesus is saying. Yeah. You are not greater than your Lord. Can a man be more righteous than his <laughs> maker? <laughs> so I say, let us humble ourselves because this is the topic. I know we have another verse, but he says a humble Lord is born. He yeah. humbled himself. And we see, we see in this lesson that he humbled himself to mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. And we know what that humility was for. It was for to be obedient unto death, mm -hmm. the death of the cross, mm -hmm. so he can bring many sons unto to glory. glory. And, yes. and really, there was no other way. He had to condemn sin in the flesh. Oh, yes, yes. Because the law was weak, and then we were, you know, still subject. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this yes. death? And then even after we're saved, you know, that nature tries to rise up and the body of this death tries to, mm -hmm. you know, drive the, you know, steer the steering wheel and drive, take over. But in, in we're finding here that um, he had to condemn sin in the flesh and the way to do it was to come in the same kind of, I, if you cut me out, bleed. If you, if you slap me, it'll hurt. If you abandon me, my heart's going to be heavy. If I love you and you misuse me, then I'm going to be disappointed. If you reject me, um, I'm going to be, you know, the lowly Jesus. So he had to come in the same being, same nature that we're in. And do everything, go through everything, be tempted 
40 days fasting in the wilderness and then submit unto death. And that is how the Roman writer is to say in chapter 8 and verse 4, for this case of sin, in order to deal with sin, I must condemn sin in the flesh. That's right. And there's no way to do it unless I come in the same nature of sinful flesh. But there's no sin in me. There's no guile in me. I'm condemning it. And that's why I like the Hebrew writer said, he said he did it for the purpose of destroying the devil. Destroying the works of the devil. So when Jesus represents us in God's court and the enemy comes, he what can what can Satan say? When he's looking at Jesus, which is our attorney that's represent us. He's going to say the same and thing. And Jesus will send us. He's going to say the same thing. Like, And it, we got other examples. Paul, right? He came and found nothing in me. We got to get to that place when when he comes, it's not working. I'm not yielding. I'm not selling out. So we can't be carnal minded. Well, that, it only starts in the mind, you know. Yes. You know, it's the, a vicious cycle. That's why we read our, our foundation was the mind. Yeah. Less. It's it's Exactly. It starts in the mind, you know, because, um, you know, the mind, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. It tells you if it's in the mind, it gets down in the heart, and then you act it out in your flesh. So you have to start with a humble mind if you're going to end with your body under subjection. Yes. This is a humble Lord that was born, set an example. We cannot be more righteous than our maker. We have to go with this example he has set. That's right. The servant's not greater than his, his Lord. Servant's not greater than his Lord. And then we have one more verse. If you know these things, <laughs> happy ye are if you do them. All right. So now you got a few things that if you get we this revelation, consider, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you just take it, you know, Paul told Timothy, consider what, just consider what I say. Don't reject it. Don't try to make sense out of it right now. You know, don't try to come back with a, a comeback, immediate comeback or argument. He said, consider what I say. And the Lord will give you understanding yes. in all things. All right. A humble Lord is born. Yes, amen. That's our lesson. Yes. Amen. Now unto him. Now unto him. That is able to keep you from falling. Able to keep you from falling. And present you faultless before the presence of of his glory with with exceeding joy. joy. To the the only wise God, God, our Savior, be glory, glory, majesty, majesty, and dominion, and power, both now now and forever. And we say in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Join us again next week for another episode of Reset Forever Ministries Podcast. God bless you. Merry Christmas.